as we explore Luke 10, 21 through 24, I really want to hand you guys the keys to clarity. If I was to title this message, that's what it would be. It'd be keys to clarity. And really what I started to ponder is this idea of this world that we live in that's so chaotic. It's so unsure. Um, often we feel overwhelmed and, out of, and like mental illness is at an all-time high. And we honestly feel like we're lost. And I don't mean in the way of like salvation lost. I mean like we just feel lost in life. We're not really sure which direction to go. What are we supposed to do, right? So I have a question for you. When was the last time you counted your blessings? Like you seriously sat down and you listed them out. When was the last time you took some moments to just look at your life and look and see the areas in which you are blessed. Have you ever done that? Have you ever taken that time? Maybe you've never even thought about it. Maybe you don't feel like you have blessings in your life and you need to do some soul searching. You need to take some time and really, really wonder like, and ask and be present. Maybe get your hat out of your video game for a minute and really just ask the Lord, like, Lord, help me to see the things that maybe I haven't been fully grabbing onto. Help me to see what you see. How often... Do you feel sure about yourself? How often do you feel confident? Like I got this type of confidence. If you struggle with anxiety, struggle with the feeling of being overwhelmed, if you struggle with feeling lost, I think the Lord has a message that can change your world. My hope today is that this message begins a change that moves your heart from anxious, overwhelmed, unsure, to grateful, content, and grounded. So I want to give you five keys to unlocking the prison doors that you've been trapped behind. These keys will give you clear direction. And they will give you confidence. They'll give you surety. I don't know about you, but for me, I have had many times in my life where I've felt overwhelmed, where I felt unsure, where I felt unconfident, where I felt lost, where I feel like I just couldn't get a grip on life. Maybe you felt anxious. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you understand exactly what that's like. Maybe that's your current reality. when we can't see the future, when we're unsure of the results, when we don't know what tomorrow will bring, often we can be left with what's next. And maybe you come from a, a background, or maybe you've just had a life that's been pretty hard, so most of the time, the next day hasn't always been the best. I don't know the answer is often what I'm repeating to myself. It's like, I just don't know what to do here. 
feel lost and trapped. But there is a peace in confidence. There is a peace in surety. Do you guys remember strategy guides? Like put put a put a 14 in chat right now. If you remember strategy guides, like the ones where you would go to the store and you would literally buy the guide and you'd have it next to you on your computer, on the console you're playing, and you'd be flipping through the strategy guide. Like I can remember the smell of strategy guides. Okay, that's how deep of a gamer I am. I specifically have two strategy guides that I specifically remember for me. One was for Pokemon Yellow. 100% shout out Pokemon Yellow. I knew everything about that game. I knew where every rare candy was because of strategy guides. And it's interesting because even without the internet, I felt like all my friends knew all of the same information, but it's because we would talk about it. We would talk about what we saw and that you needed to use a master ball here. Like, or you shouldn't use it because Lugia's got like we would remember those things when we got to like Pokemon Silver and Gold. The strategy guide gave us confidence in the things unknown. We weren't missing anything. We didn't feel lost in the dark cave where you needed to use the HM light. We didn't feel lost. Those strategy guides gave us like a roadmap to exactly what we needed to do. Now, obviously, like for some of you guys in the chat, you know, anybody probably below 20, 28, you guys are probably like, man, like that's not necessary. You just look up a YouTube video. You can just find a wiki guide. You can just so on and so forth. I understand that, but they were important at the time. And you can even think about it in terms of, the internet. It's, it's the same thing. The other big strategy guide for me was the Halo 2 strategy guide. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I was a skull finder. All right. Like I needed to know exactly all the, you know, how many things that I learned that I just would have never known existed, but the Halo 2 strategy guide will always, always be the top. I, I can remember, I had flipped the pages so many times that it started to crease white on the cover. There's some games that if you don't have a strategy guide, you'll be lost. If I was playing Escape from Tarkov and there was no information out there and they just had these very ambiguous quests where I don't have a map available, I would be so lost. You know how many times I have on my second monitor a map of the game and I'm trying to still figure out where I am? Recently, there's this new map that came out called Streets of Tarkov. And it's massive. It's gigantic. It's like double the size of any of the other maps. And it's filled with buildings and angles and corners and people and loot and tasks. And there's like, you're just, you're lost. If I didn't have all the resources online, there's no way I would ever be able to navigate it. Every single time I'd get in the map, I would just feel lost. Like I would not have any confidence of where I was going or what I was doing. And you can see the same thing in the pro scene of CSGO, right? CSGO 2, just or CS2, I don't know what they're calling it. CS2 just came out and everybody's like freaking out and they're loving it, whatever. 
But if you look at the pro scene of that, what do, what do teams try to do? They try to ban maps that the other team is confident of. Maps where the other team wins often, right? And they do that to throw them off their game. So maybe they don't, they're not sure about that peak. They're not as confident with that positioning. They're not as confident with their strategy on this map or this map. Confidence plays a huge key. I would say often confidence leads to victory. Because when you're confident, you attack a situation completely different. And this has been proven. There's an interesting, um, I don't know, experiment they did. And what they did is they were, they were doing this experiment and they told these ladies that what we're going to do is we're going to put, put a prosthetic, uh, prosthetic scar on your face somewhere. And they took a bunch of ladies and they put prosthetic. And they said, what we're doing in this experiment is we want to know if the interviewer, if the person you're going to interview with, will discriminate against you because of the way you look. And so they get all these ladies prepped and ready and they have the scars on their face. They show them in the mirror and they're like, whoa, that's crazy. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to do a few touches. And so they show them the mirror, they take the mirror away and then they do a few touch-ups. And what they do is they actually remove the prosthetic scarring altogether and they redo their makeup. And each of these ladies go into this interview. And the fascinating thing about this is every single one of them reported something that the interview, the interviewer said that was discriminatory. Like they all reported that they were 100% were getting discriminated because of the way they looked. And then some of them even had quotes from the interview where they could pointedly say, see right here when he said this, obviously, or when she said this, obviously, they were discriminating against me because of the scar. And they didn't realize there was no scar on their face. And what this proved is, is that oftentimes we get in our own head and we think people see things in us that aren't really being recognized. And what that does to us is it kills our confidence. So when they go into that interview, it's a completely different situation. Some preliminary notes about that experiment said the interviewers could see how awkward the girls felt that were coming to interview. They were falling into the label of something that they were worried about, something that they saw. Confidence changes your perception. And I say all this about confidence because I believe that if we are to walk in the fullness of life, the fullness of what Jesus wants for us, that we have to be confident in what we're walking in. And those are the five keys I want to give to you for clarity. I want you to have a clarity of confidence. As we jump to Luke 10, 21 through 24, 
in the CSB. Let's just read this and see what, see what the Lord's up to here. At the time, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. In verse 23, then turning to his disciples, he said privately, blessed are the eyes that see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see the things you see, but didn't see them. To hear the things you hear, but didn't hear them. All right. This is an interesting conversation. Jesus is obviously talking to God and he he's, he's showing a lot of appreciation. And then he goes through and he's just like, you know, I am who, who I am and you are who you are. And we are together. You know, he's like, we're, we're the, this is kind of like ambiguous language. So I want to break it down a little further. But where I want to start off is in the start of verse 27, he said, at that time, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Now, you guys would probably say, you know, the Bible talks about rejoicing a lot. You know, it talks about praise. It talks about these things quite often. But the interesting thing here is that Jesus was genuinely excited. That the Greek here, literally the ancient Greek says that he was thrilled with joy. He was thrilled with joy, which is interesting. Because that's not often how Jesus is described. You know what's crazy is that the Bible tells us three different times where Jesus wept. But this is the only time, the one and only time, where Jesus rejoices. Now, we know Jesus was a man of joy. But this is the, specifically the only time it said he rejoices. The Greek thrilled with joy. That matters. And it goes on and he said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Key one is having your eyes up. Jesus' joy made him break out into prayer. And I find it remarkable to look at Jesus' life and just watch how contrarian he was to everyone, even today in, in today's modern uh, society, in the way that we express our walk with Christ. When do you run to prayer? Think about it right now. We put some things in the chat. When is it times that you run to prayer? In what situations? Well, I can tell you for me, I know exactly sometimes I run to prayer. I run to prayer when I'm super, super, super sad. I run to prayer when I'm hurt. I run to prayer when I need healing. I run to prayer when I'm angry. I run to prayer when I don't know what to do. I run to prayer when I'm overwhelmed. I run to prayer when I can't figure things out on my own. My natural tendency is to not run to prayer 
when I'm excited. See, we often run to prayer when we are hurt or when things aren't going our way or when we need God to intervene. The famous prayer of, Lord, if you would just do this, if you would just heal my body, I would serve you the rest of my days. God, if you would just... It's often not when we're on top of the mountain do we raise our hands and praise God, but when we're in the valleys and our in our in our face is marred and we are down on our luck, that's when we reach out to God. But not Jesus. Key one is eyes up. And that doesn't mean when you are just hurting, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling out, when you don't know what to do. Now those are great times to run to God in prayer to run to God and talk to him about what's going on. But your eyes shouldn't be taken off of God in the good times. When everything's going well, it's easy to get distracted. When you're feeling confident, it's easy to think that you are the master of your victories. Key one, eyes up. And Jesus models it so well. He praised God the Father for his wisdom, for his plan, for his own unique relationship with the Father. Jesus thanked the Father, not praising his own work. Jesus thanked the Father for his wise, sometimes unexpected plan. Jesus thanked the Father for fellow servants in his midst. For workers by his side. Jesus thanked the Father for the simplicity of his disciples. Jesus spoke of his unity with God. Jesus spoke of their special relationship. Jesus spoke about God allows us to have some part in that special relationship. Jesus was thankful for so many things we might overlook. You could live your entire life with enough joy and it would be overflowing. If you just realize that you are a child of God, like that is enough, but there's more. Eyes up, fix them on God, not just in the bad times, but the good times. Learn to walk in him and that will give you confidence. Key one to unlocking that prison door. So we jump back into the scriptures. It says, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. Key number two, pouring out. Chat, find an emote of water pouring out. Put it right now in the chat. Go ahead, pour some water on it. I want you to understand this. I want this to get in your head. Pouring out matters. And what do I mean by that? I mean, key number two is about... It's about refocusing. Oftentimes, we'll spend a lot of mental space and a lot of mental fortitude and a lot of like energy in this place of trying to fix us, trying to just make us better, focusing on what can I do better? How do I do this? And when you're me-focused, you will be anxiety-focused. That is psychologically fact. 
key number two to developing that confidence, to beating, being overwhelmed, that anxiousness, is refocusing on others. Now in this passage, you can see it's so cool because God is celebrating Jesus in this passage, his rejoicing, right? That that one time we see in the entire Bible that he rejoices. It's when his people win. It's when his friends are winning. It's celebrating them. It's about looking and celebrating others' successes and being happy for them. Pouring out your praise on others, lifting them up, celebrating them, taking your eyes from inward to outward and focusing on others and celebrating them. That's why Jesus was thrilled. It was because his friends were winning. It's because his children were winning. Like the people were winning. He was thrilled with joy. Key number two is learn to pour out. Eyes off of you and onto others. The man of sorrows, as Jesus is often described, was specifically overjoyed at his friend's success. Jesus loved watching others win. And I'm going to be admit it, guys. Like, I sometimes have a problem with this. This is sometimes hard for me to do. Like, I am a self-proclaimed, maybe even dubbed by some of my friends, as a giant, or tiny, depending on how you see them, loot goblin. I am just a loot goblin. It's just the way it is, okay? I love gobbling up the loot and throwing it in my bags, man. And because I am a loot goblin, when someone else finds that fat, juicy loot, and I don't find it myself, sometimes I can get annoyed. If I'm being real, I can get annoyed. I can be like, man, like, why didn't I find that? Or why didn't I go into that room first? And that's just me being real. And then there's days and times where I have a reality check. And I get so excited when one of my friends gets the last hit or he gets the kill or he gets to find XYZ. There's so much joy in celebrating others' success. And Jesus was doing that. He was thrilled because God had revealed himself to his friends. It wasn't just for him. It was for everyone. If you can master pouring out praise on others, being excited about their success, you will live a much more confident, joyful life. You can see Jesus' confidence. He's bold, even in the face of the most powerful men on the planet. He's bold.
Scripture says you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and you revealed them to infants. You have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Key three. Simplicity. You're like, what? What do you mean? Jesus rejoiced that unlikely people were taught of God and used by him. The infants mentioned here were the 70. Those were the disciples. Simple believers who received real wisdom from the revelation of God. Why does simplicity matter? Because when we overcomplicate things, we become overwhelmed. Overcomplication leads to overwhelmed. I want you to picture it this way. This happened to me a lot of times in Valorant, so I can easily say this. When I was playing Valorant, if there was five guys and I was the last guy left on my team, I was very anxious. I was overwhelmed. I was unsure of where people would come from, what's happening, and I couldn't really master the situation. I would often maybe take two out and then die. But when I was one-on-one, if it was just me and one other person left, it was simple. I had confidence because often I knew where they were and I had confidence that I could beat them. When you take out a multitude of factors and you create this very isolated situation, simplicity leads to confidence. God had to send the simple because the wise of this world would never go out as lambs among wolves. And that's what we do as Christians. We don't cry about that the world's against us. We don't weep because we're persecuted. We go out as lambs amongst wolves. That's who God called the simple. He had to send the simple because they wouldn't change the message. He had to send the simple because he wanted to reach the simple. He had to send the simple because they would do the work in his name. He had to send the simple because they would rejoice over that work. He had to send the simple because they would give the praise to Jesus. He had to send the simple because it wasn't about them, but it was about him. And guess what? The unsimple, the complicated, the wise men, the people that think they know what they're talking about, wouldn't have given the praise and the glory to God. Key three, simplicity. My prayer for you today is that you would unlearn everything you think you know. My prayer for you today is that you would gain clarity and simplicity that God has you. Stop getting marred in the details and start letting the Lord move you. When things become 
oversaturated, when things become complicated, you find yourself stuck. Think about it. Like the way cars are made today. Back in the day, you bring it to a mechanic and you'd have it back to you at the end of the day and things would work fine. Now there's computers and there's this system and there's this and this and all of the different things that are being put into these cars are creating a nightmare. And we're the same way with how our minds work. We, we take in all of this information and we, we think we're so smart because we've learned every argument to everything. But then we get marred up. We get stuck. Our feet become stuck in the mud. And what we thought was going to be good for our soul ends up slowing us down. Simplicity. Key three. Simplicity. In verse 22, it says, All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. Key four, it's understanding your place. It's understanding your place. This is so simple and so beautiful, it's unbelievable. If you could just realize this one thing, your life becomes different. It just does. Key number four is understanding your place. You are his. Point blank, easy, simple. You are his. Put it in the chat right now. You are his. Tag someone and say, you are his. At right now, in the comments on YouTube, go down on right now. You are his. It is an understanding of your place that Jesus understood. All things have been entrusted to me by my father. No one knows who the son is except the father and who the father is except the son and anyone to whom the son desires to reveal him. Jesus knew his place. He knew where he was. Of course, there is confidence when God is there. When God is standing behind you, when he is for with you, when you realize that he has you, there is a confidence in it. If me and you were going to go one-on-one in Valorant, you might be decently confident. If me and you were going to go one-on-one in Halo, you might be confident in your ability. But replace me with XYZ Pro and your confidence goes down the drain. If we're playing twos and you have me on your team, we might lose. But if you knew you had tens on your team in Valorant, your confidence is probably going to go through the roof. And it's the same way when you realize that you are walking with God, that God has you, that you are his, and that nothing you do manufacture, want to become, or you did in the past, or you'll do in the future, changes the fact that you are his. There is a beauty. There's a beautiful serenity. A peace. When we come to the real realization that we are loved and cherished simply because we are his.
Jesus, although he knew he had terrifying days ahead, days filled with pain and torture, he was confident. Because he knew at the end of the day it was just him and God. That no matter what anybody else was saying or doing, he, know, he knew that it was going to be okay. And that's what he has for you. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter who's saying what, what's going you always have God to run to. And Jesus knew that he could always run into the comforting arms of the Father. In verse 23, it said, Then turning to his disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see the things you see, but didn't see them. To hear the things you hear, but didn't hear them. That's an understatement. Throughout history before Jesus, most people lived for the Messiah. That was their entire life. Women hoped to bear him as a child. Men hoped to be able to be a part of his lineage. There was always, always an overwhelming desire to come to know and be a part of Jesus' history. To live when Jesus lived would have been it would have been the peak of their existence i don't think we realize how lucky we are to live in this time period of the new covenant where jesus came he died and he did the work he did on the cross so that you could have a life with him, so that you could have a new relationship, so that you could be revived in your dead. You know, we're doing a baptism after service. And that's exactly what it is, a new life. You can have a new life through and in Jesus. And that's for everyone. You might be sitting here and skeptical about what I'm saying, but you can understand and you feel the power that I'm saying in my words. You can understand that there's something here. You can have that. It's for everyone. God did what he did so that you could have new life. Key number five. The last and final key is to count your blessings. There is power in truth speaking. There is power in grounding yourself in reality when things become overwhelming or chaotic. Because there will be voices that try to that try to lie the truth out of you. I'm going to say that again. 
there will be voices that try to lie the truth out of you, that try to replace the truth in you, those standards, that foundation that try to crack it and get into the crevices and break it apart. Your mind will play tricks on you. People will do evil things. That is life. So what do we do when everything feels chaotic and there's noise all around? We're surrounded by our enemies. What do we do? Well, we ground ourselves on truth. Ground ourselves in scripture. And we speak the things that are true. Key number five, count your blessings. I asked you a question in the beginning of today's message. I asked you, how many times have you really sat down and listed out your blessings? How many times have you really paid attention to seeing the ways in which the Lord has done great and remarkable things in your life? I can name you a million. And I can't even count that high. There's millions of ways that God has blessed you in your life. The great men and women of the Old Testament would have given up their lives to seize Jesus' ministry and to minister for him. You might think about it in the ways that these men that never saw Jesus were so in love with him. Like King David or Elijah or the judges, the great women of God who would have done anything they could have done. We are blessed. You're blessed with a new life. You're blessed with, a, with an understanding and a love. When you understand those other four keys, you are blessed. We're blessed to have the Bible. We're blessed to be able to pray. We're blessed for community. Count your blessings. When you start to speak truth and you start to project truth, it defeats the lies that are overwhelming you. It defeats the labels that say you can't do X, Y, Z. It defeats those lies that attempt to hold you down. Take the keys. Free yourself from the prison. Five keys to Christ-like confidence. Key one, eyes up. When you're in the valleys, when you're on the top of the mountain, when you're in the good times and the bad, eyes up on him. Key number two is pour out. It's give. It's pour out. Take your eyes off yourself and put them on others. Not inward, but outward. Key three, simplicity. Keep it simple. Don't think you know everything. Learn to love God again. Lord, here I am. Send me. Lord, here I am. Send me. Simple. Key number four, understanding your place. You are his. You don't have to add anything to it, and there's nothing you can take away from it. You are his. 
Key number five is counting your blessings. Take time and reflect. Speak truth over your life. In the chaos, when everything else seems helpless, speak truth. You're countering the enemy. You're countering the lies. You're countering the sin that desires to take you. Count your blessings. This is for every person. Jesus loves you. Five keys to Christ-like confidence. These are the five keys I believe will help you unlock the confidence that Jesus wielded in the scripture. Jesus loves you abundantly. If you would submit yourself to him and you would learn from the way he teaches us and modeled for us, your life would forever be changed. So if no one's told told you that they love you today, I love you with my whole heart. All right. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Daylight, for that amazing message. I I don't know. I always feel like the messages are made for me. Anyone else here feeling that right now? Because... <laughs> um, I've heard multiple things that he talked about before and like very recently within the last couple of months. Um, and counting your blessings was one thing I was reminded of like just the other day. Like it's so easy to get lost in the want, want, want me, me, me. And then it's like, wait, let's be thankful. And um, <clears throat> totally. Okay. Probably everyone. Oh, all right. Well, Hey, we're all in the same boat then. <laughs> um, so 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 good i i was just told um by my counselors that they had one uh they had got a poster board like a two dollar poster board and they put it on their wall and then it was just called the thankfulness board and they said admittedly they did it for thanksgiving and then they would write whatever they were thankful for i am blessed because i have this or i'm thankful for this and you know they would just write whatever they want and they all they had it by their door so they could see it every day and then it ended up staying up like way past Thanksgiving, almost the whole year. When people came over, they asked like, hey, do you want to fill out our thankfulness board? Put something you're thankful for on it. <laughs> and I absolutely love that idea because we do. We just have to focus and meditate on these things. I feel like a big part of the Old Testament is just showing like you have to constantly remind yourself of what is true and what is good because the lies are loud and if you let them they will start to change your life but we shouldn't because they're lies so that's that's my little little bit for that so once again pastor daylight thank you so much for the amazing amazing message obviously lots of people here are blessed by it i'm blessed by it so thank you for following god's direction within the past 24 hours going back and forth and you know what god is good the graphic we decided to make will still work with the way that you went so it's it's all good <laughs> um so i would like to let you guys know um i don't know if we are all believers here. If some of you are here 
lurking or even chatting was just awesome. Um, I love to see the chatting. I love I love when Daylight asks us to do things. So it was fun to like at people and say like, you know, whatever we want to say to each other. And I just love that this sermon, like we interact with it. It's not like other sermons where you need to sit in your seat and just be quiet. Like we get to talk to each other while we do it. So I love it. Um, but yeah, if, if you are here and you're like, you know what? I don't know God at all or... I thought I knew God or I want to know God, but I really don't. If you're just on the journey to find God, we would absolutely love to help you. And then if today you decide like, I want to follow Jesus, we would love to hear about it. One, you can let us know in the chat so we can all celebrate with you because it is literally the best decision you can make in your whole life. Or if you don't want to go super public like that yet, you can put once again, exclamation point connect in the chat to get our connect form and you can fill it out there and just tell um, a small part of the staff instead, like, hey, I made this decision and I would love to get to know God more and we'll help you along this journey. Uh, we would love to help you with this chapter of your life because it's exciting stuff. Um, and of course, if you want to know more about God, just keep coming back because we're always learning new things together each and every single week. Um, also, let's see. Once again, my brain is not working because I'm sick. Uh, if you do want to go completely public with your decision on Jesus, we do have baptisms here at the church. Now, some of you might be like, what on earth is baptism? That's very Christianese word. If you have not been around Christians, you have no idea. So baptism is what we call publicly declaring that you are going to follow Jesus with your life. And in the Bible, it's demonstrated by being completely immersed by water and coming back up as a new creation a new this is your new life so yes you get dunked whether you want to do it in a tub at your own house a pool anything um we've had some very creative ways on how to get baptized so if you would like to be baptized here at gsc you can click those links that are in the chat thank you so much and sign up we have them happening all the time you'll take a little class to make sure you understand what you're doing and you can get baptized which Thankfully, we have a very exciting announcement that we are doing baptisms today right after the service in our Discord. So if you want to witness some cool baptisms, go ahead and hop into our Discord right after this. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time just witnessing people making the decision to follow Jesus. So be there, be there, be there, be there. Uh, exclamation point Discord to get into our Discord. There you go. Thank you so much. Whoa. All my screens just went black. Okay, you're back. You're back. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to also reach out to make sure you guys don't have questions. Awesome. Okay. Uh, and then if you like what you see here, you like what we're doing, you like that we're pursuing gamers for Christ, if you had have, have at all been blessed, um, we would love for you to be blessed to be a blessing, right? So we are going to take this time now to give you the opportunity to worship God with your giving. And so if you would like to give anything to God Squad Church, we would absolutely love it because we can't do this without you guys. <laughs> we honestly, honestly can't. 
So if you would like to give, we have a couple of safe and secure options for you to do that. You can either put exclamation point give in the chat. Um, you can go below and click the Twitch panel, which will take you to a website. You can go to our website, godsquadchurch.com slash give. And you can also text us. Go ahead and pull out your phones if you reside in the USA, that is. And text any amount to the number 84321. It will prompt you directions on how to do that. Um, but yeah, we, we thank you so much, uh, for those of you who have given, who are even thinking and considering about giving to us right now, because this church is powered by God and powered through giving that he has instilled in us. And so I just thank you so, so much for opening your heart to having God work through you. And it is an, an act of worship as well. So. Because of you, you are seeing lives be transformed for Jesus Christ. Thank you.